0: Today I'm going to talk in glee, from my lips to God's ears, that the era of comic book hegemony is gone. Now the reason I bring this up is twofold. So if you're new to this feed of the Cinema Rag, one of the earliest episodes I did in the first 10, so definitely scroll down if you're on Apple or Spotify, is how previous IP movies have destroyed the movie theaters. And how because of the preponderance of these movies, really, I mean, and you could go back 20 years, you can go back 30 years when we had Batman and, and, and the sequel to Batman and, and, and those movies. But 20 years with the, the beginning of the X-Men movies, but certainly with the beginning of the MCU, with Iron Man in 2007, and then with the DCU uh, about eight, nine years later, it's just been tons of comic book movies. Now, if you're a comic book geek, or you're 15 years old, you're loving this for the last few years because this is awesome. But I find comic book movies to be so hackneyed, and they are essentially the same. I mean, yes, you're gonna have movies like Endgame where people actually die, but the large majority of them is, normal person is a loser. Normal person finds out they have a power normal person, then the this, this second act is, has to figure out how to use the power. Then the, the bad person is introduced, the antagonist. Then there's a big fight at the end. Towns are blown up, destroyed. And at the end, bad guy loses, good guy wins. I mean, they're so hackneyed. And the special effects are all CGI'd and whatnot. Now, we've had this dominance for quite some time. And it looks like, maybe... It's going away, maybe. Now, why do I say that? And then I'll talk about how it's actually good for theaters if it happens. So let's look at the big two comic book franchises, MCU, DCU. Let's look at the most recent releases of these movies. So recently we had Flash. Flash tanked. It has absolutely tanked. Now, some of that, and I thought about doing... An episode on Ezra Miller because that guy, man, talk about celebrity gossip. That guy, uh, he's got some demons. But, you know, given that his stuff is actually pretty bad, like what he's accused of, I thought it'd be good to stay away from it. But as of recording this, Flash has only made 210 million worldwide. That is nothing. That is nothing. It's probably and it costs two hundred million to make, plus the no, the the distributing and the advertising, and all that. That's like another hundred million they typically crank into these movies. This movie is a humongous bomb. And if you look at the other recent DCU movies, they haven't done well. Aquaman's coming out in, in the. uh at Christmas time, that movie probably might not do that well either because it's left over. So James Gunn, who's probably most famous for doing the Guardians movies, came over and took over DC. And these projects like Black Adam, Flash, Aquaman are all left over from the previous DCU head. So he's kind of like curating stuff that he, he didn't create. And so they're going to reboot a lot of the classic DCU people but he was out on record saying that Flash was one of the best comic book movies he's ever seen before it came out. And in, in hindsight, well, no one else agreed with you, James Gunn, because no one else went out to see it. Now, how much of it was Ezra Miller's past, he wasn't promoting the movie, I don't know. How much of it is, really, it's not about Flash, it's about Batman and Batgirl, and there's a bunch of characters. I don't know how much of it is that we have another multiverse story and go to the episode I did on Everywhere Everywhere At Once. Everything Everywhere All At Once is the worst best picture movie in the last 40 years. I don't know. It could be just comic book fatigue. But if you look at the DCU, Shazam came out in March, only made $57 million. Black Adam came out last October. This is The Rock, right? Big deal. Rock and DCU. You should get a good turnout. 168 million. Suicide Squad, August. 55 million. Wonder Woman 1984. Same thing. Underperform. Birds of Prey. Underperform. I mean, if you look at the last really successful movie, you have to go back several years. Now, if you look at Marvel... Marvel had Guardians. Guardians has done relatively well compared to what they expected. But, you know, at the same time, look, it's the end of a trilogy. supposed to be the end of a trilogy, but you have that going for it. Guardians was always kind of like the outlier, the cool, hip uh, movies that had the 70s music and so forth. So it wasn't surprising that it did relatively well. Ant-Man 3 tanked. People complained. Too much CGI. It was too much in the quantum mania universe and this was supposed to be big because this introduced another scandalous person king the conqueror portrayed by jonathan majors whose career might never recover because of allegations of sexual assault so you look at the last few movies over there but even even before that look okay so black panther did well but if you look at the eternals tanked shang lee and the legend of the ten rings tanked. These are bad movies. Some of it was COVID because it was 2021. Black Widow didn't make a lot of money. But again, this is, this is going to be COVID. But these movies, Thor Love and Thunder didn't do as well as the other Thor movies. So it's a major problem. It's a major problem that both of the gigantic comic book franchises aren't doing well. Now, if you look at other studios, they're doing very well. If you look at Illumination Studios, they're the ones that do sing in the Minions movies, and they just did Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers has already gone over a billion dollars. It's doing very well. If you look at some other franchises, look at uh, the Spider-Verse one, that, that's doing very very well, the cartoon. So how much of it is is that, and how much of it how much of it is, a, is it comic book movies or how much of it is just in particular studios? Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in twenty. 2017 2016 i believe we also have the female holistic health apothecary which originally started as an essential oils feed and there's about a hundred episodes on essential oils particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth and then later i morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health female specific we've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have confessions of an obese child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds. At the eclectic Gregory on Apple or Spotify. I think on one level, it's just there's there's got to be DCU MCU fatigue, and especially after you've gone through fifteen years of the main characters, especially in the MCU, where you have Tony Stark, you have Captain America, you have Thor, you have all these the original characters, and all that culminated in Endgame. And Endgame brought out a lot of just the regular people, and why did the regular people like turn out to these movies? And they made you know very, 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 very much amount of money. Well, because those were kind of universal themes, and it had well-known actors. And you'd even if you weren't a comic geek, you kind of knew the stories, and you knew going into Endgame that people were going to die. And I think now that you've eliminated a lot of those major characters. They're probably just gonna reboot these or, or just pay billions to Downey Jr. to come back. But now that this is gone, they've entered the next phase of MCU and DCU with James Gunn. Well, maybe people don't have a connection to Ant-Man. We have an episode here on Paul Rudd as an emperor that has no clothes, he's limited talent. And people maybe don't have a connection to the Eternals, clearly not. And if you go over to DCU, maybe people don't really have a connection to Shazam or even to Aquaman, even though the first Aquaman did well. Maybe there's just fatigue and burnout. Maybe it's that. Some of it, and let's let's pivot over to animation. Let's look at Pixar. Pixar is tanking. The elements, elemental, the movie, tanked. Worst Pixar opening ever. And Pixar used to be the gold standard for animation. You think of Toy Story, you think of The Incredibles, you think of, of just uh, so many like movies that really hit the heart very well. Up, even though Up is quite sad in the first 20 minutes. What has happened over there? It, it's the same thing. I think there's a combination of a lot of factors. So Pixar... Released three of their movies directly onto the Disney platform, Disney Plus, during post-COVID in 21, 2021, 2022, including Luca, which I think it's a great movie. I like Luca, and Turning Red. And I think some people just like, well, why are we gonna go to the theaters? I can just wait till it's on Disney Plus in six months. And I think that's the mindset. If you combine that also with people having pretty good televisions now. I think people are like, yeah, that, and I'm gonna wait. You know, why am I gonna pay, especially when theater tickets are so expensive now? Why am I gonna wait? Why am I gonna go and maybe spend eighty dollars for a family of four for parking and concessions and everything? I'll just wait six months and just keep watching Frozen and Frozen Two and, and whatever, you know, Brave and all these movies over and over until Elemental comes out. I don't know, but Pixar's in trouble. And if you look at Disney's content and all the things that Disney's bought, they're kind of in trouble. MCU, I'm not officially declaring the end of MCU. I think that they're going to rebuild, but they really need to look in the mirror and see what's not working. But you look at Pixar struggling right now. That's probably not going to change, because Pixar is its own independent studio within Disney, and they hire and use a lot of people. So unless a movie does very well, like $200 million, million, they don't make an ROI, return of investment. So they need to kind of re, recalibrate what Pixar is about. But then you look at Star Wars. Star Wars is floundering. Yes, The Mandalorian was a pretty popular show. The third season didn't do as well. Endor was pretty successful, but not ratings-wise. Obi-Wan was not successful. And the movies... Especially the last two were very contentious and polarizing, and didn't make a lot of money. And so you look at the Star Wars franchise; they've uh, Disney has come out with a slate for the next eight years where they're going to release stuff. And so apparently, Avatar five is coming out in, in I think eight years, but they have two slots in 2025 for Star Wars movies. So they have some stuff that's in the book, in the books. Maybe there is a screenplay. There's talk of, of doing a Daisy Ridley movie. On her character, Ray. Who knows? Who knows? But what what can I say? Look, I am not a comic book movie fan. I'm glad this happens. And similar to what we had at the peak and apex of musicals in the 50s and early 60s, maybe the comic book movies was a period, a phase, and we're gonna go back to what movies were like in the 90s. I have an episode, two episodes here. It was 1999 and 1984. The best. Years in cinema, and I think if you look at those two years, among other years, we had more of a balance. Which was what, what was at the theaters. We had adult dramas, we had comedies, we had horror, we had everything. We did we did have previous IP as well, but it was a balance. And now you've seen the pendulum oscillate so far. Now it's a theaters where it's pretty much the only movies that do well theatrically are certain previous IP. Like DCU, MCU, maybe Transformers movies, animation stuff like uh, Super Mario Brothers, Illumination Studios, you know stuff like that. And then horror—we we have an episode on the Blumhouse model. How horror always does well because horror is typically made for under ten million dollars, and teenagers will come out to see your movies. But if you're anything else, you're going to struggle. Look at No Hard Feelings, the the Jennifer Lawrence uh, movie, and we we did an episode on how this was so important for her career and it was projected to make 11 million opening weekend it ended up making 15 million which is good. I mean, in the old days of R-rated comedies 15 million would have been nothing. But, why are we in this situation? Well, I think it goes back to a couple things. People have nicer televisions, people are willing to wait maybe a month to buy it on video on demand or just wait four or five months for it to be on Paramount Plus or Peacock or Netflix or wherever it's going to be. But I think that in the long run, like Scorsese has said, he says MCU is not cinema. And look, you know, you could call him an intellectual snob, part of the, the literati and the cognoscenti, but no one denounce, can, can deny that Scorsese knows his movies. And I would agree with him. I think it would be a better world if 10 years from now we are completely out. I wouldn't say completely out, but kind of like we were 30 years ago where we would do some previous IP, right? There'd be a diehard sequel every three years. Or there'd be the um, original Michael Keaton Batman's or Christopher Reeve Superman's 30 years, uh, 40 years ago. Stuff like that. I mean, we could still have some, but just not such a domination. And look, the theaters would probably like that because the theaters are struggling because they have to rely on these tent house movies. And if these movies don't do well, they're screwed. So like they needed Flash to do well. They need Aquaman to do well. They needed Ant-Man 3 to do well. And when they don't, people don't come to the theaters, don't buy concessions and all these things like that. And they know that if they just put a good drama like Affleck's Air in the theaters, people probably aren't going to go to that because adults like myself have kind of been phased out of theaters we've realized the theaters are not there catering to us, unless you're an adult comic book geek. They're not there to cater for us. They're there to cater to teenagers and 20-somethings and those who like previous IP. So for example, like I've gone to the theaters, aside from taking my kids to the Star Wars movies and taking my daughter to see Frozen 2. So if you take away the kids stuff, like stuff that I went to see for myself, I think I've seen two movies in eight years. I went to see Prometheus, Because I like the Alien movies. As we know here, I have movies I love. Number two is 1986's Aliens. I think I saw Alien Prometheus. And that's it. I think that's it. Because the theaters aren't there for me. And the movies that I would want to see aren't at the theaters. And then you combine that with just exorbitant ticket prices. And yes, you know there are places you can still go see a matinee for like four dollars, five dollars, six dollars, Alamo Draft House or wherever it is. But I think I have been so trained now that yeah, I love movies. You know, clearly I have a, a, a podcast on on cinema, but I don't love the theater experience anymore. And I think the theater experience is really great. I remember, like for example, as a kid going to see Star Wars. I'm sorry, Star Trek. I think the, the one where they go to, the, the, to Earth, I think is number four. And I remember being in that theater and just loving it because everybody, they were all truckies there. It was opening weekend. Everybody was laughing and so forth. It was great. I remember seeing Knocked Up in theaters opening weekend. And again, just there is something to be said about being in a theater on opening weekend or with, a, a, with a group of people that you're just laughing out loud. And I just think that previous IP movies, in some ways, have ruined this. And what we need is just a complete, kind of like a black bomb, EMF bomb kind of thing. We need a recalibration. And I think having less of a dependence on these hackneyed, I'll tell you, boring, overly laden CGI, movies and going back to what worked in the 90s where we had a good distribution of genres in the theaters that were not just in the theaters but were profitable and so the studios were happy the theaters were happy everybody was happy but even the comic book nerds have to admit that what we have now where it's for the theaters essentially it's it's previous IP or bust and the hell with every other genre. It's not good for the industry. Hollywood doesn't think it's good for the industry. The theater lobby group doesn't think it's good for them. And I think most people would like for it to go back to something else, go back to what it was in the 90s. And in closing, you know, there has been talk about having a kind of a scale of ticket prices. So if, for example, No Hard Feelings, Jennifer Lawrence's movie, or Air, Ben Affleck's movie on Nike, you can go see the theater, but those tickets are 325. And if you wanna go see Flash, that's gonna be $10. And so this might bring adults back to the theater if not all prices of tickets were the same. And then you've seen some, some companies like AMC and others that do have monthly passes where you pay a certain amount and then you get to go to as many movies as you want. So the theater industry is suffering. It's not the peak of what it was in the 80s and 90s. And they themselves have to recalibrate as to how to stay in business. And then if you look lastly at the independent theaters, I remember going, living in Houston. I grew up in Houston and I went to college for my undergrad in San Antonio. And then I lived in Austin for quite some time. There's always like one or two theaters that cater to the indie movies, the Oscar Bates. Those theaters are struggling even more. Those are closing even more. So it's just... It's, it's, it's a difficult milieu right now. And so, look, am I taking pleasure in hoping that Aquaman 2 tanks and whatever uh, the MCU is going to be rolling out? Tanks? Yes. I hope it does tank because I hope hopefully the studios will see that we need to go back to the 90s. The 90s rubric. The 90s paradigm. Guys. Please, rate and review if you agree or disagree about Marvel and DCU. I'd appreciate it. just helps with the algorithm. I'll post something on Spotify. I'll post a poll on this episode. You Let me know if you agree or disagree, if you want Marvel and DCU to tank. There's a link in the episode notes for PayPal, and there's also a link to the website which hosts all the eclectical Good Correo feeds. But the best way to listen to them is on the major Podcasts streams like spotify apple google until next time take care god bless and pray thanks for listening to the cinema rag please post an honest review on apple spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation lastly follow the rag today until next time